Laser sights enhance and maintain your accuracy in a time of crisis, preventing tunnel vision and allowing quick target acquisition in awkward shooting positions. Crimson Trace, making laser sight standard equipment. Learn more at crimsontrace.com. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where there's more to talk about than shooting. There's reloading and hunting and self-defense, too. Well, we're still talking about guns because, well, they can't stop us. <laughs> we do it all the time. It's so funny. When I started doing this show some 23 years ago, people said, well, how can you possibly talk about guns for, at that point, it was two-hour show. Two hours. I mean, won't you just run out of things to say? <laughs> Silly rabbit. No, not in 23 years. Not all day. Not all night. We just keep talking about guns. That's what we do. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to be a part of this, it's really easy. Just give me a call. Call me at uh, Tom Talk Gun. That's the easy way. Tom Talk Gun. That'll get you in here. All right. So we talk about a lot of different parts of guns and shooting. And, you know, it could be competition shooting, it could be hunting, it could be rifles and hand loads, or hand loading and shotguns and handguns and, and, and everything else. All sorts of things. One of the things we don't talk about very much, but we should because there's a lot of interest in it, is full auto machine guns. Can you own them? What's involved? How does it work? Well, to help me out on that, I brought in good personal friend of mine, Dan Zelenka. He is the president of the Louisiana Shooting Association and a veteran competition shooter, Camp Perry-style rifle, uh, just guy that knows a lot about guns, and he kind of has a thing for full auto. Hello, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Tom. How about yourself? Fair enough to say you got a thing for full auto. It's been my latest thing. I go from <laughs> type of gun to type of gun. You know how it is. You know, I, I do have that disease. We share that. We certainly do. So, and whatever kick you happen to be on at the time, you know, I say fortunately it's a problem you can throw money at because I've decided there's no such thing as an inexpensive hobby because you'll simply spend all the money. Whatever money you have, you'll spend it all on that hobby. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know. Don't tell anyone, but yes. Um, yes. Whether it's fishing, whether it's hunting, whether it's collecting guns, you can ma- uh, you can manage to ratchet it up to spend everything. <laughs> what was your what was your first machine gun? It, my first machine gun was a Thompson. My brother had wanted one and I was looking for one for him and I found one and then people started calling me and saying, hey, I heard you were looking for one. And a deal came by, and I ended up with a, uh, a really nice, late-produced um, World War II M1A1 Thompson. Okay. In that description, you kind of cracked the door open for something that we ought to talk about, which is if you're going to go into this world, you need to know what you're doing. Fair enough? More than fair. Um, these guns are fairly rare, so you, so you don't get to examine a lot of them unless you've been at it for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I do before I buy a gun is I do a, a complete Internet search for pictures of that type of gun. Okay. And that, especially with some of the European guns, helps me to learn what kind of markings should be on the gun. Um, you know, how they should look, uh, mm-hmm. what is the font 
for the the, the, the proper font because. You know, I hate to say there are some people that that fake those kind of things. Well, that, I was just going to ask you because what is it that you're actually trying to be careful about when you're doing all this research? Well, there's a difference between a shooter and a uh, shall we say a true collector's piece. Now, now, given the price of machine guns these days, all of them are, are collectors' items, mm-hmm. but. There are some of them that are uh, really more shooters, okay? And, for right. instance, I have, I have an MP40 that is a, a tube gun, which is a, a U.S.-produced receiver that has a German uh, parts kit on it that was produced sometime between 1968 and uh, 1986. Now, that gun, to me, is just a shooter, Okay. Is that the one? Is that the one that I shot? That is the one that you shot. It's that is one of the shooter. most. It's one of the most delightful guns of any type I have ever shot. Now, the comparison, okay, because mm-hmm. I have more than one MP40. I have one that came out of the Winchester Museum when Winchester went bankrupt. This gun is a late 1943 gun that is absolutely all original. It mm-hmm. has because uh, the Germans like their their numbers, and they put the last two ser- the last two digits of their serial number on virtually all of the parts, and mm-hmm. every part on that gun is numbered to the receiver. All right, give me an idea of the price difference between those two. Uh, the two guns have been running in the fourteen thousand range. Okay, um, I. Just upped my insurance on the uh, on the shall we say collector the CNR mm-hmm. gun the Curio and Relic gun because the last uh, Rock Island uh, Rock Island auction mm-hmm. uh, collector MP40s went for some really outstanding prices. I kind of figure something in the uh, $20,000, range. Okay, so knowing what you're getting could be the a six thousand dollar difference, or in some of these guns, it could be a twenty or thirty thousand dollar difference. Yes. Yeah. All right. So go um, go through with me because people are saying, okay, great, but you know, I know a guy who's got a gun, kind of a deal. I mean, and you get these calls because you're known as the machine gun guy now, and you get these calls, and you were describing to me kind of the the three gun example of three different types of guns that ex- means machine guns that exist as far as what you can buy or maybe can't. Well, I was recently talking to a police department, and this is how I explained what they had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, machine guns generally fall in, registered machine guns generally fall into three categories. And if you imagined a Thompson submachine gun that was built in 1943, and there were three identical Thompsons, serial number, you know, uh, 100,001, 100,002, 100,003. Okay. okay. So, so they, in essence, are identical guns. One of them, was registered before November 30th of 1968, Mm -hmm. okay? One of them was re-imported into the country between 1968 and 1986, and the last one was re-imported into the country after 1986. Okay. Okay? The first one is what we would refer to as a transferable machine gun. It can be transferred 
to anybody who could who could legally buy a pistol. Okay. Okay. You have to be 21. You have to not be a convicted felon. You do have to live in a state that allows you to own a machine gun, and right. there are a number of states, you probably could guess them, that mm-hmm. don't allow you to own a machine gun. Fortunately, <laughs> Louisiana is one that does. Um, anyway, the transferable guns are, are freely transferable. They're rare, but freely transferable. They're also, right. therefore, the most expensive. Hmm. A gun that has been brought in after 1968, but before 1986, is typically either owned by a dealer as a dealer sample or by a police department. Now, the dealer samples during that time can be freely transferred between dealers, okay? okay. They can't be transferred to an ordinary uh, consumer, but they right. can be transferred between dealers. Okay. The final type of gun is one that was uh, – brought into the country and registered after 1986, after May of 1986. Mm -hmm. And those are restricted guns, and they are restricted only to the military, police, and a dealer who can get a letter from a law enforcement agency requesting a demonstration of that gun. So, okay, now run through the what would be roughly the prices of these three guns on the market because if you if more people can own it, then it becomes more valuable. That would be the pre sixty eight, right? The pre sixty eight guns, you're probably depending on the model and the condition, probably looking at twenty thousand dollars or maybe it may be more depending on what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a Colt Thompson, it may be twice that. Um, the uh, what we refer to as the pre-sample guns, the guns that were imported and registered between 68 and 86, those run about half of what a transferable gun runs. So call it ten, maybe $12,000. Mm-hmm. The final category are typically only worth the sum of their parts. Um, thousand bucks because Thompson parts have, have value to them, but not really any kind of big money. So, okay, because, so you're talking about three guns, three consecutive serial numbers could be worth twenty thousand, could be worth ten thousand, could be worth one thousand. It depends on the paperwork, and if if you are possessing the gun with the wrong type of paperwork, it could be worth like ten years. Um, <laughs> Club it, exactly, because it would be contraband for a person to possess it who does not either. Uh, have it transferred to them on the proper form, okay, mm-hmm. in, the, in the case of a transferable, or for a non-dealer to possess either of the dealer sample guns. Now, I need to throw a caveat out there. Okay. A person who is a dealer who owns dealer samples that are pre-1986, if he gives up his license, can keep those dealer samples. That's ah. another reason why they're they, – uh, have good value. Okay. okay. Dan, hold on a second. I got to take a quick break sure. here. I'm going to come back. I want to continue the conversation. We're talking full auto. What would be, and this is the question, what would be a good way to get into that full auto world? If you're going to pick one or two, maybe three different uh, guns to get, what would be some good entry level? And, you know, what do they cost? And the other question is, are machine guns a decent investment? Because, well, we'll tell you why they may be. Our number is 866-TALK-GUN. If you're a machine gun person, guy or gal, give us a holler. Maybe you could add something to the conversation. 
Brownells has gone retro. Check out Brownells' new line of retro AR-15 and AR-style 308 rifles at brownells.com slash retro. Whether you're looking for Eugene Stoner's original 308 design, the famous M16A1, Air Force 601, or the XM-177 carbine, Brownells has the classic, new production, old-school rifle of your dreams. Own the firearm you used in basic training, carried in service, or that Grandpa always talks about. See more at brownells.com slash retro. Now at LibertySafe.com, you can buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and 0% APR, with some safes as low as $20 a month on approved credit. Peace of mind, lifetime warranty, and in-home delivery service. Go to LibertySafe.com now for 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and 0% APR. LibertySafe.com. You got your carry permit, and that's good. But you know you could use more training. Get the DVDs, which have what you need. Springfield Armory presents Concealed Carry 1 and Concealed Carry 2 with Bata Group. Learn specific concealed carry skills from Top Gun fighting trainers. Get trained. Be prepared. This really is life and death. ShopGunTalk.com That's ShopGunTalk.com When the U.S. military's elite units and law enforcement agencies across the globe demanded innovation and reliability, they didn't settle. They chose Sig Sauer. When world champion professional shooters demanded precision accuracy, they didn't settle. They chose Sig Sauer. So it's no surprise more and more civilian gun owners are refusing to settle for anything less. They're choosing Sig Sauer firearms, ammunition, electro-optics, suppressors, air guns, and training. Sig Sauer. Never settle. We're talking machine guns, full auto stuff with my good friend Dan Zelenka. He is a machine gun dealer, collector, investor, all of that. Dan, quick question for people that may not know. What's involved as far as the paperwork? Is it basically the same as like a suppressor? It's exactly the same as a suppressor. Uh, you transfer a transferable machine gun transfers on like Form 4 which is the same paperwork you fill out at your dealer when you get a suppressor. Uh, basically, the dealer holds the machine gun until the paperwork goes through and is approved. And these days, I think it's taking about six or seven months for approval. So really not a big deal then, no more so than a suppressor. Well, I think that the, the great interest in suppressors has taken a lot of the mystique away from machine gun ownership, and people were said, well, if I'm going to fill out paperwork for a SBR or for a suppressor, I might as well buy a machine gun if I've got the money. And that has driven the price of machine guns up. Well, which leads us to this question. Explain why 1986 is an important date or year for us. Uh, Ronald Reagan signed the Firearm Owners Protection Act into law in 1986. And the last thing that was added, the last amendment that was added to that act was supposed to be a poison pill to kill it. It's called the Hughes Amendment. If you watched C-SPAN at the time, 
and listened to the vote, it didn't sound like it passed, but the Democrats were in charge, and they declared that it had passed on a voice vote. That grandfathered all previously registered machine guns, but said basically that civilians, you know, citizens, cannot Mm -hmm. register any new guns, period. So if it was was made after that date in 1986, it could not be registered? Correct. Which means there is a finite number. You you can't, there's not going to be any more of them. There is a finite number, roughly between 175,000 and 185,000. I haven't, uh, I don't, it's, it's right in between those two. Okay. They lose about 1,000 per year, registered guns, fires, blow up, whatever. Okay. Um, so it's not just finite. I mean, it is actually, it's over shrinking. time, it's shrinking. Um, the interesting thing is that, well, in 1986, or let's say 1982, when I was in college, Thompson submachine guns sold for 700 to $1,200. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking $20,000 for a transferable gun, wow. uh, maybe more. You know, I mean, if it's a, if it's in super good condition or it's original finish or if it's a rare variant of it, it could be, you know, a lot more. So, so, so talk about that auto series you should have bought a carload of. Back in the eighties, auto sears were seventy five dollars, and my understanding were that dealers couldn't give them away because there was a two hundred dollar tax that had to be paid to buy the seventy five dollar auto sear. Right. If you had, if you had the forethought, the foresight to have bought and registered an auto sear back in the eighties. For $75 plus your $200 tax stamp. Today they sell for about (laughs) (laughs) $38,000. They're super popular because the AR-15 is so popular. Oh, man. That's better than buying Google or anything else. It's pretty much the best deal that was ever ever offered. Well, it sounds to me like because there's a finite number, and actually the number is shrinking each year, can't think of a better description of something that might be a good investment. It is, but like so many things, you have to know what you're buying, and you have to buy it right. I mean, now there's a saying that if you paid, you never paid too much, you just bought too early, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if if you know what you're looking for and you can get a good deal on it, it can be a very good investment. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to to have the same increase as they have in the in the past right. thirty years, but they're going to go up. They can't there, not go up. Right? Is there any reason if you bought one, say, well, I'm going to put instead of putting twenty thousand dollars into the stock market, I'm going to put twenty thousand dollars into a machine gun? Is there any reason not to go shoot it while you're sitting on your investment? The only reason I could think of, if you had, if you put some money into buying, let's say, an original Colt that had an original barrel, mm-hmm. okay, there is a slight chance that if you got a squib load, that mm-hmm. because it's a machine gun, yep. the next bullet going through could bolt your barrel and decrease I, its value. Okay? okay, sure. So you wouldn't really want to do that. But if you were to buy 
um, either a non-matching CNR gun or a tube gun, there's no reason not to go shoot those because you can just, you know, take the barrel mm-hmm. off and replace it. Um, you know, all right, so I shoot let me, all let, of let me throw the, the real question at you now because this is the one you get all the time. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'd like to get into that NFA world. I'd like to get a machine gun. Which one should I start with? <laughs> What's your pain level on price? Well, um, that's it. Give, give me like three different uh, choices, three different price levels. One of the least expensive entry-level machine guns has traditionally been the Mac 10 and Mac 11. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into it, which was only three years ago, Mac 11s were selling for about $4,500. Today, mm-hmm. you can't touch one for under about 7000 or 7500 mm-hmm. And this is mostly because they, since they're so popular, people started making accessories for them in order to make them more useful because – you know, I mean, a Mac, the old joke was it was great if you could. I'm going to run out of time here, so I'm going to have to get you to move through these, these selections as fast as we can. Okay. Okay. Um, any of the tube guns typically sell from about 8000 to $15,000, and mm-hmm. these mimic, these are, are reproductions sort of of um, – Classic guns like MP40s, Swedish K, that type of stuff. And you yeah. don't have to worry about shooting those because they're not – they're collectible because they're registered, but they're not collectible as originals. Okay. And then when you get to the originals um, – All original right. I'm, guns, I'm, I'm, I'm down to 30 seconds, Dan. Give me two, okay. two choices. MP40, Thompson. MP40 Super and popular. Thompson. popular. Yeah, in every movie you've ever seen with World War Two. Yep, exactly. And they're fun to shoot. There's no recoil, and they're just and they're they're slow cycling. I mean, I, I love that MP40 viewers. I got to get out and shoot it again, man. Hey, All right. Th- thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem. Happy to do it. Always, always fun, man. All right, you take care, Dan Zelenka. Yeah, he's the president of the Louisiana Shooting Association and uh, knows how to shoot. Uh, Done a lot of interesting, cool stuff at Camp Perry. All right, 866-TALK-GUN. Did you ever think about getting a machine gun? Do you own a machine gun? Love to get that report from you. 866-TALK-GUN. We'll be back in about uh, five minutes or less or two. Who knows? Stiletto heels coming down the hall. And I caught her perfume before she opened the door to my office. And she stood there looking like a million bucks tax free. I want to talk to you, she said. Come back later, I said. I'm listening to Tom Gresham's gun talk right now. I love that one. Hey, welcome back. Um,. We were talking earlier about uh, somebody's pounding on your door. Maybe break in. Maybe it's the police. How do you know? That's where that uh, the whole blink camera concept comes in. When you have cameras around your house and you can look at them on your phone, you can know what's going on, whether you're in the house or you're on the other side of the world. Uh, with the blink cameras, and I've got them set up, they have motion detection built into them. So if something moves out there, you get an alert on your phone. And not only that, it's like, yeah, well, okay, I got an alert. And by the time I look at it, they're not there. Well, not to worry. It records the video. And, you know, it can be a critter. 
It'd be anything from a, a bad guy. It can be somebody dropping off a package for you. It could be a deer. It could be, a, you know, whatever. I actually like them for looking at the, the wildlife that walks around as much as anything else. But, of course, it's primarily about a security system, and that's that's what it's really all about. The, the Blink cameras, let's see, they run off of AA batteries, which last a couple of years. I, just kind of a heads up, I really have become a fan of the lithium AA batteries. They just seem to last like crazy. And, yes, they're more expensive, but I think they're more than worth it. So I'm using those in practically everything. It really easy to set up. Works off your Wi-Fi. It takes, I don't know, five, ten minutes if you're, you know, just take your time with it. It's pretty simple to do. Hey, if I could do it, anybody could do it. Uh, real simple. If you, um, they're charging, they say quite a bit less than the other guys charge. You get uh, three of these cameras. You're also going to get an extra 15% off because you're a Gun Talk listener. You go to BlinkProtect.com slash Gun Talk. Use the slash gun talk. That's how you get the 15%. Blinkprotect.com slash gun talk. Blink is an Amazon company. 866-TALK-GUN is the magic number here. We are looking for your range reports. Uh, have you ever owned a machine gun? Do you own any machine guns? Would you ever want one? Kind of interesting. Uh, I've looked, I don't own any. I've looked at it and thought, do I want to do that? I do. I'm not sure I want to put the money into it. But I know people, and I'm not kidding you, their entire retirement is in full-auto guns, hundreds of thousands of dollars in full-auto guns because they say, look, the return is better than the stock market. It's better than anything I can put my money in, and I know where it is. It's right here. And I know what I have. I don't know. Um, like Dan said, I think the key there is buying right. Of course, that's probably the key to everything. It's, you know, you got to get the right deal on it. You got to know what you're doing to buy it right, and then you can make some money on it. Hey, Brian's been on hold for a little while. I appreciate the patience on line two out of Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, Brian, how can we help you? Well, salutations, Tom. And I liked that last segment, and it brought me to nostalgia back from tanker days and the M3 <laughs> grease gun. Oh, yes, boy. It's supposed to be on 10 or 15 yards, but boy, that thing was fun. <laughs> and they made them by the gazillions. They basically just stamped them out, didn't they? Yep, easy business. But um, I was actually told a call screener that I was calling about a Colt Woodsman that I inherited. It turns one hundred. It turns one hundred years old next year. Oh wow! And uh, and I didn't know exactly what it was at the time and everything. But it's it's before it was called the Woodsman. Okay. So so went through that and everything. And it's and I hate having a firearm that I had to put up as a collector. Type thing, but it, it had seen a lot of use. I'm wondering about the best type of ammo. If I'd like take it out every six months with a buddy, mm-hmm. just putting a couple of mags down the range with other stuff. Something, something just to how, how do you say it? Limit any any amount of uh, wear and tear I'm going to put on that old girl. Sure. What you probably want to do is I would be tempted to shoot standard velocity rather than high velocity ammo in it. Just a little bit less wear and tear. The only issue is going to be, and you'll be able to tell that the target loads are going to be standard velocity. The high velocity are going to be uh, a little bit more power. The only question is going to be, will the less powerful load have enough energy to work the action? Uh, If it if it does, then it's fine and use it. And that could be, uh, of course, one of our our sponsors is the Aguila Company, and they they're one of the biggest makers of rimfire uh, ammunition in the world. Uh, So if you can find some of the Aguila ammo, if you want target ammo, you could look for Ely or RWS, and they have different levels. Some of them are crazy expensive, the kind of stuff they shoot in the Olympics, but you don't need that. Uh, 
But basically, I would just try to stay away from the bulk store brand where they've got like 500 rounds in a tub. Uh, it's going to be dirtier and uh, maybe not what you're looking for with a nice gun like that. All right. Well, thank you for the advice, and I appreciate that on the Aguiluck because I heard that other gentleman talk about how quiet it is. I'll do some more research from there, and you gave me a starting point. Thank you, All right. sir. Good deal. Thank you. Let's go to line three where Jerry's with us at Spokane. We usually don't do this, but Jerry's back with uh, another story for us. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Tom. Uh, I, I figured this was a, a bad time to give some worse news. Uh, there was a gentleman... Uh, pulled over on a traffic stop here in Spokane about three days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a two or three times convicted felon, so mm. not illegally allowed to have firearms. Right. He was in possession of heroin and methamphetamines, mm-hmm. and he had a stolen, fully transferable MP40 in his car. Okay. Now, by Washington state law, uh, Fully automatic weapons are not allowed in Washington State. If you're caught with one, it's seized and destroyed. Now, the mm-hmm. owner, it was stolen from someone in Idaho. Okay. So this guy who legally owns his gun bought right. it. Right, right. Now doesn't have a gun because someone stole it, it was caught in a crime, and the state of Washington is going to destroy it. He, he can't get it. I mean, usually they return stolen goods. Uh, Washington State law when they when they banned uh, NFA items, we mm-hmm. finally got SBR and uh, suppressors overturned. When they banned NFA items, they wrote it in the law that any NFA item found was to be destroyed. Wow, well, that's ugly. Can, yeah. I mean, can you can you imagine being the legal owner? It gets stolen. The police find it, and you think you're going to get it back, and you have a $20,000 firearm, and they say, no, we're going to cut it up into pieces. You don't get it back. Wow. Now, I'm sure the lawyers are working on that, but I appreciate the heads up on that, Jerry. That's quite the story. Thank you, sir. Line one, Joe's with us out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Speaking of uh, Thompsons, hey, Joe, I understand that you are a Thompson guy. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got a lot of history yeah. to tell you. If I get the nerve to call back, but I think I fell asleep. I had to go to the bathroom. I wish I could have talked to Dan. I have, just to start off with, I've got two Thompsons that uh, are very valuable. At, uh, one of them is number 992 that came from Remington Arms that tested all the ammunition. Oh, wow. Back in, back in 19, uh, let's see, uh, uh, oh, I can't think it. Anyway, uh, I have that gun mm-hmm. that I bought personally from uh, George Norick, and then I have uh, one I bought back from a friend of mine that he got from Norick that is a Winchester test gun that belonged to Winchester, and it tested all the ammunition for the British in 1940, Good and all that's engraved on the gun. And I've got those in deep storage right now, and uh, I put 100000 on each one of them for insurance. That's sure. probably too much. Let me but, ask you a uh, question, Joe. This is going to be, uh, to get personal with you, but I'm just curious, because a lot of people have put their guns in trust now, uh, and I don't yeah. know if, have you done that? 
No, I didn't. Uh, I got shot up. That's another story. I got shot. They and a burglar shot each other. Hmm. And uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, trying to hang on in a apartment, you know. And uh, I've got the guardian has the two Thompsons uh, in storage. I had to sell my collection because uh, I needed the money at the time. I lost my house and everything. Wow, I, and, I was going to ask you. I, I, mean, had, I had I had about thirty machine guns. I had to sell. I had. A long time it got away from me. I had a uh, MB-28 Schmeisser that was on the Grouse Bay that a guy, which they got off of there, I bought it off of the son that used to play with a gun. And I didn't get it registered. It got lost. I won't go into that. But yeah, yeah, I understand. There, there are a lot of guns that didn't get registered that ended up disappearing. In fact, every once in a while I'll have somebody say, you know, my granddaddy brought this gun back and... You know, could you look at it, and you go and you look at it, and you go, yeah, it's full auto. I said, where's your paperwork? Oh, I don't have any paperwork. And then my response is, I never saw it. I was never here. I don't want to know about it. Yeah, uh, by the way, another one, I get another gun, uh, just to throw it in, if I wouldn't talk about this later, is the HDM silent gun. I had one of the 12 registered, and it got away from me. You know, I had to sell it in my other lawyer for <laughs> He sold that in a UD-9 submachine gun, and wow. the guy bought those real quick, and then he turned around and bet on all the rest of them that I lost. Well, you had a whole bunch of them then, man. Well, look, I'm going to have to scoot, but I appreciate the call very much, and I uh, thank you, sir, for uh, for sharing that information. It's fascinating stuff, really interesting. Uh, tell you what, we've got to take a quick break. I'm way overdue here. We'll be right back with more Gun Talk. For legendary Mossberg reliability in a compact package without the requirement of NFA paperwork, look for the Mossberg 590 Shockwave. Now available in both 12 and 20 gauge. These pump action firearms feature a 14 inch barrel, a bird's head pistol grip, and a length just over 26 inches. Check out the Shockwaves at Mossberg.com. Mossberg, American built, American strong. Arm yourself with Mossberg. Tired of searching the web for the best deals on guns, ammunition, and gear? Download the free Gun Dealio app today for deals and discounts right at your fingertips. Handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, optics, lasers, gun safes, targets, gun cleaners, grips, slings, and much, much more. Save money on products you want from the companies you love. New deals, discounts, and rebates added daily. Gun Dealio, available for free in the App Store and Google Play. For more than 70 years, Timney Triggers has been enhancing the shooter's experience. Whether it's a local competition, a day at the range, or even the hunt of a lifetime, setting the standard in aftermarket triggers, Timney is now producing more than 170 models of triggers for bolt-action rifles, shotguns, AR rifles, and semi-automatic rifles. Proudly made in the USA since 1946. Find your new trigger at TimneyTriggers.com. Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has led the charge on wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Wetlands reduce the effects of flooding and recharge our drinking water. But perhaps most importantly, 
They allow us to experience what makes the outdoors so great. Band together to rescue our wetlands. Why do hunters and shooters love the Ruger American Rifle? With right-handed and left-handed versions, all-weather, Magnum, Compact, Predator, Ranch, and Scope package options, there's a Ruger American for everyone. Lightweight with an adjustable trigger and minute of angle accuracy, Ruger American Rifles pack in the features. Is the Ruger American the best rifle on the market? See for yourself at your local retailer or at Ruger.com. That's Ruger.com. The 866-TALK-GUN definitely gets you in here. A lot of folks uh, calling in. Jay is in Mount Pleasant, Iowa on 3. Hello, Jay. T- give us your range report, hey, Tom, please. how are you? I'm great. Hey, I got a uh, P- Sig Sauer P365. Okay. Oh, man, that thing is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just got it a couple weeks ago and put about 2,000 rounds through it so far, and holy Whoa. cow, is that a game changer. You know, it's funny you say that because you know, our previous guest, Dan, I actually loaned him my P365 because uh, he wanted to have somebody try a number of different small guns. And I missed it when it was gone. And when it got, I got it back, man, I switched from my big gun I was carrying and went back to that. And I thought, man, this thing is comfortable. And I've still got 10 plus 1 in the carry gun plus another uh, 12 in my carry and my extra mag. You know, I've carried a LCP for, gosh, probably four or five years now. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not five, four years now. And uh, I tell you what, it's the exact same size practically, and it's nine millimeter and almost double the ammunition. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? And it has a good uh, trigger, and it's actually accurate. Yeah, it's small and it snaps because it's a nine, but, I mean, I I think the thing shoots really well. You know, and you, you got to be... You got to understand, it's a nine millimeter in a tiny little frame. It's going to snap a little more. But as long right. as you can work around and get used to that, you're just fine. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, so, uh, my other question was about Carhartt. Um, in one of your new promos on the radio, I hear that you know you're saying Carhartt was a good brand. I've actually heard quite the opposite, honestly, from a couple of people. They mentioned that Carhartt came out against. Uh, anti-guns when the the uh, shootings were going on back in the uh, last year. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. I haven't seen that. And one thing I've learned, and I, and I don't know for sure, but I've definitely not seen that about Carhartt. But I have learned through the years to be very careful about stories when people say, well, such and such a company is anti-gun. Because I have watched that being said about Budweiser and Miller uh, Beer and Coors and different companies when each time it was not true. So without some solid information, I'm going to say I just don't know. But I will tell you, I've never heard anything about that before. But now that you mentioned it, I'm going to look into it and see if we can find it. I know for a fact that Levi's certainly is. They actually are spending money to work against gun rights. But Carhartt, it would bother me if I found out that's true. But I, like I said, I have no information about that whatsoever. All right, 866-TALK-GUN gets you in here. We still have room for you. Also, I'll be sharing some interesting news during the after show today.
All right, I want to share several stories with you quickly here, so hang on. This is going to be good stuff here. Starbucks customer shoots a man who brutally assaulted a female barista and then tried to attack him. This is in Salt Lake City. Uh, Benjamin Scott, overall, 37 years old. He set off a panic alarm by an employee at a 7-Eleven. When the cops started to arrive, he took off, ran over to the Starbucks. Then he uh, started whooping up on a woman there, the barista, punching her in the face, hitting her in the head with a metal basket, and then kicked her. The uh, woman said that she thought he was going to kill her. So a customer who is there... Basically, I guess they hey, knock it off. This guy starts charging the customer. Customer just pulled out a gun and center punches him and done, you know, DRT, dead right there. Uh, the cop said, hmm, good shoot. Looks good to me. But I, I really like the comment from this 24-year-old barista. She says, uh, talking about this, she says he's a regular customer at her Starbucks. She, he, she knows the guy. He's in his late 60s, Right. The police have not identified him, which is a good move. But this 24-year-old woman says, quote, I never would have expected that from him. He just seemed like a very meek guy. So I was surprised, but also very grateful. I was very grateful that he was there. And I was glad it was somebody we see regularly so that hopefully in the future I can thank him. Just a regular meek guy, regular customer. She she never, uh, yeah, Jim says he'll never have to pay for a cup of coffee again. In Tennessee, the uh, Senate race there is hot and heavy. We've got the former governor, Phil Bredenson. He's a Democrat. When he was in the governor's office, the NRA gave him an A rating. Uh, now they've given him a D rating, and he's still saying that, hey, I've got an A rating from the NRA. And the NRA said, hey, knock it off. No, you don't. That was way back then. You've changed everything. In fact, this dude, former governor, Phil Bredenson, I believe it is, just recently went up to New York, met with, wait for it, Michael Bloomberg. So he is running against U.S. Representative Marcia Marcia Blackburn, and that's who the NRA is supporting. So if you're in Tennessee, oh yeah, by the way, Bredenson, the Democrat, the Michael Bloomberg guy, he's the one that uh, Taylor Swift just came out and endorsed. So yeah, give me a break. Uh, Like, who cares anyway? Uh, but if you're in Tennessee, if you know somebody in Tennessee, make sure they do understand that this former governor has gone uh, anti-gun, meeting with Bloomberg. He's going to be carrying the water for Bloomberg, okay? Also, we've got 70 different states, led by Louisiana. Yay! Uh, they filed a uh, Second Amendment brief, an amicus brief with the Supreme Court on the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. Uh, they're challenging the rules of the city, which prohibit firearms residents, licensed firearms residents, from even taking a gun from their home. There are only two existence, uh, exceptions that exist. Uh, that would be going to a shooting range to practice uh, or to hunt, but you can't just, like, take the gun out. It's actually illegal there. So we're working on that. Oh, yeah, and Bloomberg, speaking of Michael Bloomberg, just announced he is going to register, or I think he just did, register as a Democrat, as if we didn't know he was. Originally, he was a Republican. And then on his last uh, run for mayor... In New York City, he ran as an independent, but he always was a Democrat, of course. And now he has uh, just donated a hundred, a hundred million dollars to get Democrats elected in this midterm election. Well, we don't have that kind of money, but you know what we have? We have you and me and all of us. We have voters. All we have to do is show up and we beat them. I think the blue wave is not going to happen. I think once again, just like two years ago, they have badly underestimated how PO'd we are 
at them, especially with what they did in this Kavanaugh hearing. I will never forgive. I will never forget. And I will always remember what they did to that man and that family. No D's ever. No D's. No Democrats ever. I don't care who. If you're a good one on guns, you need to switch parties. Simple as that. If you're a Democrat. Simple as that. Hey, if you'd like to join us for the after show, call me right now. 866-TALK-GUN. That'll get you in there. Meanwhile, always carry and check your six. See you next week.